I am Elle Penelope, author of Epic Fantasy and Paranormal Romance, and welcome to My Imaginary Friends, a look behind the scenes of an author mapping the worlds in my head and making them a reality. Hello, friends. Today is Sunday, December 12th, 2021, and this is episode 149 of My Imaginary Friends. I'm Leslie. So this week's best thing is that I finished the first fast draft of the fairy tale, which is for the Pharaoh-Feb fantasy romance February anthology that's coming out sometime in the fall. It's not coming out in February, obviously, but it's sort of like a loose conglomeration of authors who write fantasy romance who have gotten together to co-promote, and there's a newsletter, there's all kinds of things, um, started by H.R. Moore, the author. Anyway, I finished my first draft of the story, and the fast draft is very dirty. You know, it's... um, not for public consumption. I can barely read it. It's just, you know, because I write without looking back. I write without reading anything. I just keep going. But I finished it in two days. My goal was 3,000 words a day. The first day, I think I wrote 3,500 words. um, And the second day, I wrote 3,400 words. So it was flowing out of me. I had, um, you know, a, a general outline, you know, a brief synopsis, I should say, of the story. And then after the first day, I realized... I didn't know exactly the mechanics of the next few scenes. So, um, you know, the, the first, the beginning of the story was very clear in my mind. I could see it happening. And then I got to like the second act where it was just like, yeah, and some things happen. And then I knew what the end was. But I also didn't want to be, I didn't want to plan out the middle too much because I wasn't sure that I could fit the story into 10,000 words. You know, this is not my usual word count. I do have a little bit of trouble these days doing short um 10,000 words short. And so I wanted to leave act two a little bit more malleable because, you know, the end is very important. I mean, the middle is very important too. And usually the middle is twice as long as act one and act three. But in a story this short where there's still world building happening, you know, and in this 10,000 word world, 10,000 word short story, I just wasn't sure of the mechanics. So and I was a little worried on day one when 3,500 words in, I'm like, I just got into act two. And I know that 3,500 words in a fast draft is like five to 6,000, maybe more words of the final thing. So that's too much for act one. Um, but I sketched out some things for act two at the end of day one. Day two, I came in, it started flowing again. I, I could see it and... Act three is just really short. <laughs> that's that's basically what what's going to happen. Um, so now I finished the fast draft. I feel good about it. I'm happy with it, even though it's very, you know, needs a lot of revision. I am going to take a few days to a week off and focus on one of the other things that I need to work on and then come back to it a little bit fresh um, and do the revision. So, which it shouldn't take me more than a week to actually revise the story. It, yeah. I'll, I'll budget a week. In other writing news, I got the copy edits for Savage City back. I reviewed them in three days and sent them off to the proofreader. So that is in process. I think I talked last week about not being so sure about how I felt about the story because I'd taken a month off from it. But when I read it, I loved it. I'm like, oh, I do. I love this book. I love the changes that I made in the revision process. Because sometimes you spend a long time writing the first version you know, like the fast draft for me, then that next pass, that revision pass is the longest pass. And then I got feedback on it and did a, and did a second revision. 
but I'd spent much longer with the first revision. So in my head, the book is always kind of the way it was at first. And I have to, you know, a lot of times I don't remember all of the changes that I made. So when I read it again now, um, I was like, oh yeah, I did that. That really worked. Because I had forgotten it. I could come at it fresh, which is the whole idea. Like that's part of the process. Keep as much time, you know, as possible between the different stages so that you can try to come at it fresh with new eyes, having forgotten. And if you have a memory as bad as me, it's not that hard to forget. So um, long story short, I reread through everything and I adore the story and I'm so happy. (laughs) I'm happy that I love it. So yeah, targeting a late March release date still have to be finalized with the audiobook producers, but I sent them the version that I sent the copy editor so they can start their prep and I should be getting back, getting it back from the proofreader soon and I'll do the formatting and um, set up a pre-order so I can do the cover reveal, all that good stuff. So that was my entire focus this week on getting through the Savage City copy edits and um, doing the fast draft of the fairy tale. Next week will be about the other two projects I'm working on and uh, getting those where they need to be. I'd rather not think about them in detail right now. I'll probably talk a little bit more about them in goals at the end, but things are moving right along as as well as I can expect them to go. So it's been a pretty good week in terms of writing. In other publishing news, um, for The Monsters We Defy, which is my fantasy heist novel coming out next year from Orbit and Red Hook Books, we got some news that there are going to be some tweaks to the cover. So we did a cover reveal a few weeks ago. And if you didn't know, um, the publisher, a book publisher, one of the big five, or even some of the other bigger publishers, their customer is not the reader. They're not really selling books to readers. They sell books to bookstores. So Barnes & Noble, independent bookstores, Target, Walmart, uh, Costco, any place that sells books. And as the customer the bookstores can have feedback on things like book covers. So we got word that Barnes & Noble had some feedback on the book cover and it's going to go through some changes. So if you've seen the book cover during the cover reveal, don't be surprised if in a few weeks or months it looks a little bit different. I don't think it's going to be major, you know. Um, I don't. I think that the basics are going to be there, but they had they had some notes. And so I'm just waiting to see what the designer at Orbit comes up with to respond to that feedback. Um, but yeah, a lot of people don't realize that this happens. I actually had one of my website clients in my other life as a website developer who uh, wrote a nonfiction book. And this was several years ago. Barnes & Noble, or was it Borders at the time? I'm not sure which bookstore. One of the, It might have been long enough ago that Borders was still in existence. They actually had the company change the entire cover. They were like, we don't like this at all. You need to change everything. And we, I just only knew about it because I had put the previous cover on the website. She's like, oh, they, they had to change it. And here's a new cover. And I'm like, really? That was the first time I'd ever heard about that. And this is way before I was a published author. So, um, but even a lot of like my indie author friends had no idea that this was a thing that could happen. So it is interesting, you know, like, and if you think about it, theoretically, the bookstore knows their customers. I don't know about a big corporate bookstore like Barnes & Noble, but they've got salespeople, they've got ways inside the organization, I guess, of figuring out that "Mm, this cover might not work as well for our stores, our customers, as it would if we made these changes. And the publisher, you know, wanting to make the bookstores happy, will make the changes. So there's a little something you might not have known. Or if you're an author, you might have known and might have gone through this yourself. So yeah, we'll see what 
the uh, what the changes are. I've also heard about bookstores wanting title changes to books, um, things like that, which are much, much more of a big deal, you know. And I can imagine if you're an author and you've been living with this title, maybe you've chosen your title. So far, I've chosen all of my book titles and um, they haven't been changed. So yeah, I can imagine that being very difficult if the bookstore's like, yeah, not, not feeling, not feeling Song of Blood and Stone. Why don't you do X, Y, and Z? And I'm like, Ugh. The goal, I mean, the hope is that whatever changes are good for sales and marketing and getting the books into the hands of readers. I've never heard of a bookstore changing any of the content of the book, although who knows? Hopefully that doesn't happen. If you've been a longtime listener, you um, might have been familiar with the sounds of the chickens next door, specifically the rooster next door. Now, a couple of months ago, I was on my way to the airport. So I was in my driveway and a fox ran by really close. Like this fox was one car length away from me, like maybe 10, 15 feet away. And it had a bird in its mouth. Like a, I, I was like, that's a chicken. It had a chicken in its mouth. And I told my husband, he was like, no, it's probably not a chicken. It's probably a hawk. And I'm like, I mean, it was variegated brown and white, you know, bird feathers. And it fox walk, walked right by me, completely unbothered and disappeared between the two houses. Fast forward to this week, um, our other neighbor who knows the chicken neighbor pretty well, said that that was the rooster, that the fox had gotten a rooster and the rooster was gone. I had not noticed the lack of rooster um, because I'm so used to it. We've been here for five or six years and I don't hear the rooster anymore, you know, but it must have been a very short period of time because they got a new rooster. Um, And now that I hear it, when I focus, I can hear the differences. It sounds like a younger rooster. I know nothing about roosters but the uh the tone the vocal vocalization is is softer and lighter which makes me think maybe it's a younger rooster anyone who knows anything feel free to drop some chicken rooster facts in the comments but um yeah that was that was sad news i mean there's foxes all around here and i'm i see i've actually seen foxes i mean i can look out my window and see the chicken yard right there it's very close and i see foxes you know jump in the fence and go in and they, they do have dogs. But uh, yeah, chicken welfare, I'm sure is very difficult. Sad news for the rooster next door. Uh, he will be missed. But we do have the lovely sounds of the new rooster to bring us through these difficult times. In TV news, apparently all of the fantasy and sci-fi shows kind of drop at the same time. So The Expanse just started back up. I found out that Star Trek Discovery has been back for several weeks, and I didn't even realize it. The Witcher starts this week. Wheel of Time is going on. And there's just a lot. I don't usually watch a lot of television. I would rather use my free time to read. But sometimes I do cycle out. And so I've been, I've been finding it harder to find like books that I'm super interested in. Um, I've been DNFing left and right. So I was like, well, maybe this is just a time where I need to get inspiration in a different way. So I I did watch the first episode of The Expanse that was out, season six, the last season. Um, and I, I think I would just watch it week by week. You know, a lot of times I'll stop and wait until an entire show is out and binge it. But sometimes binging is just exhausting. It's like very draining to watch things back to back like that. And sometimes I do feel like I'm missing out because 
I'm almost in like this fevered state of like six hours of television. You're like, ah, my brain is just kind of like, what happens next? What happens next? When you can sort of, when you watch it week by week, you can take the time to think about what you've seen and it can settle a little bit more. I don't know, but I'm going to embrace that for at least for the expanse. Like I am for wheel of time, like when I'm forced to, because basically it's Amazon, right? And Disney. Um, we're watching Hawkeye. So yes, I watch Hawkeye, Expanse, and then the latest Wheel of Time. I uh, I've I can't fit in Star Trek Discovery right now, so I guess I will wait until that one. And I let my subscription to whatever channel that's on lapse, so I'll wait till it's out and then get a month, watch it, and cancel. Having all of these subscription services is just is too much. The jury is still out on whether I'll watch season two of The Witcher did end up thinking it was a show worth watching, even if I don't have the same like exuberant reaction to it that so many people that I know have. Um, I was questioning whether I would rewatch season one, because I literally have no idea. I have no recollection of that show. I'll probably just find like a YouTube recap or something. Uh, I know a friend of mine was going to rewatch all of The Expanse, which would be worth doing, but I also don't have the time or energy for that, so... In terms of reconsuming media, I am currently reading one of my most favorite comfort reads. It's one of my favorite books uh, of all time. It's called Sheltered by Charlotte Stein. It is a contemporary, I mean, it was written 15-ish years ago. They talk about iPods, you know, it's contemporary though. Uh, contemporary romance, like erotic romance, I guess. But it is it is a comfort read. I've read it countless times and... I don't know, something about that story and the way those characters come together just makes me feel comfortable, <laughs> hence comfort read. I don't know why I can't think of another word. I was trying. Uh, so I was just wondering, what are your comfort reads? Like, leave a comfort read of yours in the comments, whether you're on YouTube or at lpenelope.com slash podcast. I really would love to know other people's comfort reads. I think it's it's always fascinating to me the books that you come back to over and over again. Another one of mine is the first um, Immortal Guardians by D Diane Duvall. Darkness Dawns. I've read that countless times. I could read that, you know, every day. So yeah, leave your leave your comfort reads. I would love to hear them. So uh, Christmas is getting closer. I have got most of my shopping done. We've passed the deadline for Amazon and many of the other online retailers to guarantee delivery before Christmas. So if I buy other things, I'll have to be in real life. I'll have to drive myself to a store. Imagine that. Worldcon is also this week. Um, so Worldcon in DC, it's called Discon 3. I'll be there uh, this Thursday for my coffee clutch. So if you will be there, 5.30 p.m. Eastern is an in-person coffee clutch, Thursday, December 16th. And if you will be at Discon, come through. I will only be there Thursday and possibly a little bit on Saturday, I am not sure. So lots going on for the rest of the month. My goals for the week are to, what are my goals? Got to work on this book proposal that I had set aside. I'm, I have the fast draft of the first 11,000 words that I will be cleaning up and possibly reorganizing it. I do think I'm being too precious about it. I think I just need to get in there and write the words. There is some sort of resistance that's blocking me, and I'm not exactly sure what that is. I have a few ideas about it, but at the end of the day, uh, I just need to sit down, button chair, hands on keyboard, the old adage, and write, and write the thing. 
So that will, that's what I'll be doing this week. I'll be writing the thing and still working on plotting for Orbit Book 2, um, getting that synopsis ready, which I hope to have completed by the end of the month. So these are the goals that I've always had. I still have them, and I, I still think I can meet them, even though I've moved, like, I've added space in the schedule that I didn't think I would add. Um, but that's what it is. Sometimes you just need space. And these creative pursuits, your, your brain needs some time to chew and consider and moodle and churn. Things are happening behind the scenes, and I have to give them space and time to have them happen. So <sighs> try not to be too stressed. I feel right now pretty zen. Um, we just got back from walking the dogs for like an hour, so I also could just be exhausted. <laughs> Hence the inability to think of the words I'm trying to think of, which honestly is just a thing that happens now, you know? So I hope that you have a wonderful week this week, and I will talk to you next week. For episode show notes and to sign up for the footnotes newsletter and get the show notes in your inbox, go to myimaginaryfriendsshow.com. Subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcasts and watch the video episodes on YouTube. You can also comment at lpnlp.com slash podcast or on YouTube. I would really appreciate a rating and review to help support the show. You can ask me questions by emailing podcast at lpnlp.com. And My Imaginary Friends is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. More fantastic podcasts are found at frolic.media slash podcasts. <laughs> <laughs>